Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna. Uh, thanks for bearing with me as I go on my accidental school-induced and uh, nursing-induced hiatus, but we're back, and I am going to be more uh, on top of getting these out in a timely fashion. The good news is, as you've been waiting for me very patiently, thank you, I have managed to secure one of the long-promised interview guests with some really cool things happening. So uh, I'd like to uh, have my guests introduce themselves, and uh, I'm happy to have you. Go for it. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Itai Gal of Itai and the Ophanim. I'm happy to be here. Going to be playing a song, talking to Susanna. Haven't seen her in 10 years. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to this. So one of the reasons that I was super keen to have Itai on the show is because they are an incredible musician and uh, I wanted to have them on the show to talk about all the things that we're going to talk about, but they surprised me by saying, hey, can I come and play a song? And I was like, yes, that's amazing. So uh, that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, just, I'm going to give all this info again at the end, but uh, Itai and the Ophanim is a band that you can find on Spotify and Bandcamp. And is there anywhere else important? YouTube, I guess. Um, all of the places where there's music online, what, whatever, whatever y'all do these days, it's there. So, yeah, you can definitely find them on their, uh, their album Arise is amazing and fabulous. Um, so, uh, Itai is going to play us a song. Thank you, Susanna. So here's a new song. It's not on the album. And here it is. She began to bring the world closer to wholeness. We are her partners, her builders, her faces, her hands. And the thoughts of the infinite are so much greater than human desire can understand. I surrender myself to her vision and honor all of creation. She's given this land and we run and return. We run and return. We run and return. We run and return. in the forest and darkness where all of the trees they connect there's transformation there's decomposition they're standing between one life and the next and the fingers of forest floors are here to show us what our spirits look like when we cannot see holding each other in an intricate web where what happens to you also happens to me and we run and return we run and return we run and return, we run and return. We strive to connect to the root that will feed us and give us a form and a home and a mind. To reach for the place where the Great One will teach us to leave all of our broken stories behind. And our separate selves are only illusions. We need to be present for our sacred task. But if it isn't love, then it's only confusion. It is 
license. It's only a mask and we run and return. We run and return. We run and return. We run and return. precisely the right amount of excited um so uh what's the name of that one that is called run and return okay i mean i was i assumed yeah but uh you know you know what happens when you assume so even though that's not on the album it mm-hmm. really could have fit on that album it's just it's such a, a similar type of not just type of music but also some a lot of the same themes on arise so i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about arise Sure. So the idea there is I spend a lot of time in Jewish spaces where we're singing together, um, sitting in circles, singing, that sort of thing. Uh, There's been a recent movement of prayer music. Um, A lot is coming out in the past couple of years. Uh, That's kind of given Jewish prayer a bit of a push and... um, made it a lot more enjoyable, a lot more lively. Uh, So that is some of where I'm coming from. And also I've got some of my own words to say and my own prayers to pray. Um, And I'm also wanting it to not just be in this little tiny slice of the community, um, but also like sing together with non-Jews as as well. so a lot of, uh, some of Arise is in English, some of it's in Hebrew. Um, and I'm taking words mostly from liturgy, sometimes from Torah, and putting my, my own interpretations, my own take on them, my own translations. And there are a few songs on there that can't be found in liturgy. Uh, for example, Photosynthesize. Um, Which is like my fa- one of my favorite songs on that album. Oh, thanks. I, I think about photosynthesize a lot. Thank you. Which is weird as a city witch. Uh-huh. We don't have a lot of nature here. But uh-huh. I think we value the nature that we have. So. I love that. I would value the nature that I have too if I lived in the, in the city. I also laughed the first time I heard photosynthesize. Oh, thanks. It's like, yes, this is perfect. So um, what else is there that's very... Um, Oh, you were saying not found in liturgy Liturgy on um, Arise. Um, I Am has some, has some quotes from uh, High Holiday Liturgy, but 
it's it's quoting it's not like saying that pre-written prayer um what else yeah so she renews also has has my own words what that means to me and then i'm i'm plugging that into the um first blessing before the shema which is which is said twice a day uh there's there are two blessings you say before one is is for the celestial bodies turning the the sun coming up and and all that stuff i think something that's very interesting uh something's very interesting about the um music that you do and your approach to Judaism. All right. So we're going to do like a few different things in this conversation because I think this is just how we're going to talk. Let's do the things. So I think it's very interesting. Um, A friend of mine, Matt Friedman, who writes for the TypeScript uh, and is the editor of it, was talking recently about how there's so many different ways to do Jewish. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, very often there is sort of a disconnect between Jewish people who want to do Jewish, but also don't see themselves reflected in a lot of congregations or liturgy or communities. Um, And something I really like about your music is that it has that spiritual authenticity that is lacking in a lot of more progressive Judaism. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a reformed Jew, but I find a lot of, you know, reformed Jewish music or even reformed Jewish articles to, it feels like they're missing something. Um, but, you know, you know, something I, that's very noticeable about your music is that you use she pronouns to refer to God. So uh, do you want to, anything you want to say about that or? I'm not the first to say this, but God has been male for a long time. <laughs> yeah. The way that I I don't care how you talk about God or, you know, I don't even I don't even really like to say the word God. It's it's one of those stand ins I try to use as unpronounceable. Right. I try to use as many different kinds of language as possible. The breath of all life, the divine, the source, whatever you want, because when when I hear God, I, I think of a of a particular type of thing um, that we were maybe told to believe as kids or something that we've picked up from society that doesn't really speak to me. And God as she, I think as uh, humanity in general, there's a lot of returning that we have to do to feminine ways of thinking and and being um i'm not the first one to talk about this um listen to something's rabbi kohenet Hammer says that's like kind of her whole project uh but but yeah um my my god the the being i'm speaking with when it's an i thou type of relationship is feminine um the entity i'm speaking with is the one that's that's here on earth um with within us not like out there in the sky somewhere else um there's a connection between earthliness and and goddess so in this particular time that we're in 
where we've been really distanced from Earth. I think it's particularly important. Yeah, big, big mood there. Um, although something, something I think is interesting also, um, my grandmother was an abstract artist. And by the way, a lot of this podcast might sound a little strange to people who are entirely unfamiliar with Judaism. So um, sorry in advance, I guess. Uh, but also, hey, maybe you're learning things. Um, or if you're Jewish, hey, maybe you're seeing yourself reflected. It's all we can hope for. But um, so my grandmother was an abstract artist, and she did a lot of series of paintings about the Shekinah. And I think very traditionally, that's um, sort of reflected as like the, the feminine side of God or of, of the source or the creator, which I like. I like you referring to it as the source. Um, I, I like pick that up from your from Arise. But I feel like you almost make a distinction about that in Arise. Or am I just reading that wrong? A distinction between, between like the source and Shekinah. But you also refer to, you know, the creator or the source as she. So I don't know if there's a a divide in your head or if I'm just. So I know there are some cultures who have many different gods and goddesses, uh, different faces and manifestations. And that's cool. And Judaism doesn't do that. Uh, in fact, has some strong feelings about it. <laughs> Um, strong feelings that I don't necessarily share. And the divine can manifest, at least to me, in different ways. And sometimes that is an I-thou relationship where I need a name like Shekhinah. Sometimes that is that which is flowing through all of us. Um, where it might even be more of an experience than a being. So I think sticking to only only one way to refer to that, for me, kind of uh, locks divinity into, into one thing. And I don't relate to it as one thing. Um, I, I relate to holiness in, in like many different ways so yeah i i vary it up to basically reflect my own experience i love that i think that's something that gets kind of lost in a lot of people too and and even um you know not not talking so much about like strictly polytheist uh religions but like more like kind of eclectic paganism i feel like there's almost this idea that we should be finding different deities to represent different things where there's but you know there's also this idea that you can appreciate a, a being or a concept in in many manifestations and facets i guess like like a gem mm -hmm. um i like that a lot so something that i know that i've seen you use also is eco judaism mm -hmm. uh any any uh, insights on that for those of us who are like huh that's not a thing i've really heard about before also, it is it is kind of appropriate right now because of Tuba Shabbat. Yes. And for those who don't know, that is the New Year's for the trees. That would be Sunday night. And yeah, I guess we can talk more about Tuba Shabbat later if you want. But back to your question, uh, which, oh, eco-Judaism. Yeah, you know, I, I live on Earth. We, we live on Earth here, right? Most of <laughs> Making the time. Making sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most, most of the time. Um, I don't find that separable from 
spirituality and therefore from Judaism, maybe in text itself, Judaism is a very text-based tradition, which, you know, sometimes I find relatable and usually I don't find relatable. Um, you know, like we said, there, there are many ways to be. Uh, I think, I think there's value in, in the text-based stuff. Um, I think that's brought a lot of wisdom to the world. And where, where I'm at right now is uh, my way of having a relationship to spirit um, means loving the earth, uh, being in good relationship with the earth. Um, so I haven't necessarily named it eco-Judaism, uh, although that is a lot of the, the worlds that I move through. I am a Jewish educator. Um, I, I live at Isabella Friedman Jewish Retreat Center. Um, so yeah, we, we do a lot of, of eco-Judaism. That, that, is, that is like my, my orientation in Judaism, if you will. Um, but yeah, I see myself as a person with relationship to spirit and with earth first. And Judaism is the language that I can use to talk about that. It's what I know. It's, it's what I was born into. Um, it's part of my work in the world. It's how I relate to people who are coming from where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I think it's something that's important too, is remembering that our, um, I guess it, it seems silly to call it like a religious institution, especially, you know, given that a lot of the people who are listening are probably not necessarily members of a religious institution you know like you and i are aligned with judaism yeah. and that's its own thing but you know I, I feel like a lot of my listeners are probably not um and i don't even know that i would have before a few years ago um like i've always been very proudly culturally jewish mm -hmm. and um it was just a little more difficult growing up like kind of nomadically the way that i did and my parents were also like very much like early like uh new agey eclectic pagans so, like, my mom was, was kind of a Buju, like a Buddhist Jew. Um, I have a, a Guanyin tattoo in honor of her. Um, and my dad, my, my, both of my parents actually were very drawn to Hinduism. Mm -hmm. um, but they were very proudly Jewish. They had certainly had a lot more, you know, traditional Jewish upbringing than I did. Uh, not that either of them had a particularly traditional upbringing, but certainly more than I did. I never had a home shul. I never had any of that. Um, and it kind of took until my parents died within two years of each other and having more experience with rabbis because I had to find rabbis for their funerals. Um, it was interesting and, and something that um, I think you and I can both kind of relate to and, and maybe other Jewish people listening. Again, they, they were very much not, you know, what a lot of people think of when they think of, of a, a traditional or religious Jewish person, but they both wanted very traditional, simple funeral rites. You know, um, when I went to the local uh, Jewish funeral home to arrange their burials, I looked on the website and they didn't even have the plain pine box. Like the closest they had was like a regular plain coffin. And I'm like, but can I can I get the thing? And the, the funeral director was like, oh, we stopped offering it on the website because people who know what they want will request it. But other people who think that they're getting a plain coffin freak out when they get this. But I found it very interesting that my parents wanted that very traditional, very old-fashioned, almost, um, 
you know, burial and, and way to be sent out when they were, did not live very traditionally Jewish lives otherwise. Um, sort of a tangent. But um, where was the tangent I was going with with that? So thinking about sort of this non-traditional way of going about things. Okay, I actually had to pause and listen to what I had said to try to remember what I was on about. So what I was on about was, um, and this is something that's coming up a lot in other spiritual communities that I'm a part of on the internet, which I try not to do because I I can't deal with that many other people all the time. But um, something that's really interesting is I feel like a lot of people, especially those who are drawn to a lot of new agey stuff, um, or even people in some, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I, I know this happens in a lot of Jewish communities as well. Um, people kind of expect their religion to be separate from their politics or separate from their activism. And it's always interesting to me when that happens in Judaism specifically, because I feel like so much of Jewish history is not about that. So much of Jewish history is about, you know, praying with your feet and, and, um, like involving your community and the wider world in the the spiritual aspect of it. So I always find it interesting when people either embrace or actively fight against the idea that we should be entwining our spirituality and our, you know, I guess, social political beliefs. Um, as, and again, I think that's something I, I really like about your music and how you approach things is because you you do this kind of seamlessly. Um, I feel like a lot of a lot of people who kind of do political Judaism or like doing political and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but there's also you know then people who are doing artistic Judaism are doing artistic Judaism, whereas what you're doing like it's just it's very clear. Um, what's the what's the line in she renews? Um, What is the line in Shiva News um, about borders? Um, Earth's only borders are waters and mountains. Yes, Earth's are, yes, I love that. I love that so much. Um, which is, you know, is again especially timely with the state of America and yeah. the world at the moment. Um, so, thank you for putting out a, a great piece of music and and worship. All right, so we said we were going to maybe talk more about Tubi Shabbat. So sure. you are definitely more of the expert here. Expert's a strong word. <laughs> but it is a holiday I've been celebrating for many years. So I can say a bit about it. Uh, Tubi Shabbat is literally the 15th of the month, the month of Shabbat. That is where we're at right now. Um, if you're listening, you're probably aware that it's a full moon, which is a good indicator that it's the 15th of the month. Uh, so anyway, there are four Jewish New Year's. Um, one is Rosh Hashanah, you know, the New Year. And there there are other ones. And this date, the Torah says, that's for the trees. So why would there be a New Year for the trees? Uh, one idea is that it's like a practical thing so that you know which fruits belong to this year's tithe and which belong to last year's tithe. Um, and it's celebrated with uh, celebrations of Tuvishvat are relatively recent. Um, they're a Kabbalistic thing. So, yeah, it's, it's picked up popularity. Um, but it's not like 
it's not like there's restrictions on what you can and can't do and go to synagogue and, and special prayers for it and all of that. It's, it's celebrated with this Tu Bishvat Seder where you eat four different kinds of fruits, uh, one with one without peels and without pits, one uh, with one and without the other and so on and so forth. And there's um, correlations to the four worlds, the world of Asiya, this, this world doing the earthly realms, the world of Yetzirah, formation, uh, emotions. If you're listening, you might associate this with water. Just a wild guess. I was about to say, um, this sounds very much like tarot court cards. <laughs> cool. And then the third world, Bria, uh, which is creation, um, as as in in like the God way, creation from you know from from nothing um i might call that fire and then you have the world of atzilut which which is one that we can't fathom the godly world the realms and and all of that uh and there's different symbolism for the the different levels of what what kinds of fruit you're eating and there's there's mixing of red and white wine so that's the practice um, something I recently learned, some Torah that I want to share from my dear friend and teacher, Rabbi Ora Weiss, in uh, a Dvar Torah, in a words of Torah she sent out recently uh, that I want to uplift, which is about listening to, um, listening to the earth, listening to trees. Um, I, I personally have a practice where I listen to non-human beings, uh, such as trees and rocks. Um, don't go saying this is a Jewish practice, although, hey, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your Jewish practice. It is my Jewish practice, exactly. Thank you. And is it is it me talking? Is it goddess talking? Is it is it the rock talking? You know, look at it however you want, but the, the way that, that I see it is is that there there is a consciousness that we're all tapped into and our our brains are just organs for picking that up uh so the tree and i are are tapped into this same consciousness um and rabbi aura says that's that's part of of the the bria world the the creation and one way we can bring healing to the earth um, she talks about four ways of bringing healing to the earth. The first in the Asiya realm, um, activism, and and here we we have uh, actually slowing down, being being connected to um, your your intuition, um, your inner higher self, which is which is connected to that of of other beings. So um, yeah, that is something that I wanna for I love that. Um, and I feel like, so like, again, not, not to say that this is a, a Jewish practice, but my Jewish practice, I've definitely sort of, as I've gotten more visibly Jewish, you know, as I started wearing a tehill and, and as I've tried to start doing Shabbat when I can and, or even when I can't like do Shabbat, you know, do it in my own way. Try to, try to do something. Um, I've had friends both very secular Jews and non-Jews um, sort of ask more questions and try to be more engaged. And 
when I can, I don't mind including my Goyish friends in, in stuff. Like when I have my Passover seders, I've often invited my friends. Um, I feel like some people listening to this might be like, oh man, this Tubi Shabbat thing sounds cool. And I, I think it, you know, I feel like it could be a good excuse for people to, to check in with, check in with the trees and maybe honor the elements. But like, you know, it's still something I feel like if you're doing an actual like Tubi Shabbat Seder and you're not Jewish, that's weird. Yeah. Um, I listened to your episode about cultural appropriation and really appreciated everything you said. Um, yeah, definitely honor the earth. Definitely listen to the trees. Um, and as, as far as doing a Tubishvat Seder, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome to join me. You're welcome <laughs> to join your Jewish friends. And you're also welcome to, um, maybe check in with how how did your ancestors uh do whatever you're you're trying to to experience with the seder um i i think that at the end of the day we're trying to say the same things we say them in different ways and that is important to honor um and you might have your own way of saying that thing yeah i'm i'm almost definitely going to incorporate some tarot cards into it Mm -hmm. um Actually, I'll probably use the wild unknown. Cool. So when when Itai came over, they were telling me about having picked up an oracle deck from a friend's stash, and it turned out it's the animal spirit oracle that I I've gone over a couple times in the oracle uh, deck episode and in the wild unknown animal spirit big mashup review. Um, yeah, the wild unknown actually probably makes sense. Although I will say. Um, Something interesting, uh, kind of a tangent. So, you know, in tarot, you have the four suits. You have earth, air, fire, and water. And I found that a lot of decks get some of the suits right and some of the suits not so right. Um, In particular, I found that more modern interpretations either get the cups very right or the wands very right. And not usually both. Um, The Wild Unknown, I think I really like her interpretation of the wands, the, the fire cards. But some of the water cards leave a little to be desired for me. Um, but I guess that's, you know, kind of harkening back to something you were saying earlier, just as there's a lot of ways to do Jewish, there's a lot of ways to do tarot or any practice. And um, I think it's important that we kind of just keep having our own things and having our own dialogues. I agree. So this has been really fun. It has Thank been you. Really fun. Thank you. Um, all right. So, uh, you can, again, you can find Itai and the Ophanim on Bandcamp where you can give them your money and you should give them your money. Um, Spotify where, you know, exposure is still kind of a thing. So add, add songs to your playlists, listen, get, you know, have it playing in the background while you sleep with the volume muted, get, get some extra, get some extra listens. Um, no, I haven't done that. What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, I have not done that with my podcast episodes, by the way. Um, just the off chance I might hear myself talking is not okay. So um, so Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, um, really anywhere you can you can do the thing. Um, also, you have Facebook and Instagram? I do have Facebook and Instagram, and you can find me under Itai and the Ophanim. That is spelled I-T-A-I and the O-P-H-A-N-I-M. Uh, and if you have any other questions or comments, you can email me and I can always try to get them sent along. 
I am antifragiletarot at gmail.com. Um, I'm releasing this episode sort of on a whim because I know I do the first and 15th of the month, but uh, that's not what's happening. Um, so I'll be releasing this before I have my next event, which is the Jersey City Oddities Market on Sunday from 12 to 6 at the Harborside Atrium. Um, I will have my fancy little uh, cross-stitched tarot pendants for sale, so you can come and pick those up and get a reading. Um, you can find me on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm Antifragile Tarot on both of those. One word on Insta, two on Facebook. I'm Antifragile Card on Twitter, which I don't really use, but, you know, I'm there. Um, and uh, if you want to support me as a one-time thing, I have my Etsy. I'm Antifragile Tarot on Etsy. And if you want to be a Patreon patron who helps make these podcasts possible and work, I am Antifragile Tarot on there as well. Uh, $1 a month gets you into my Discord and access to whatever I post on Patreon. I don't do the special posts for special tiers. If I'm posting it, you're getting it, no matter what your uh, tier is. So $1 or $20, it does not matter. Um, thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. I will get more consistent one of these days. Maybe this will be the month. Who knows? Uh, all right. I hope you have a witchy and or wonderful day and I will see you in about a week. Bye. Bye.